going to be expeditious tonight because there's something going on I love. It's called baptism. I'm in on that. Amen. And if you're in this place, get ready. If you've never been baptized... And you're still sitting in these seats. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'll bet you anything that Holy Spirit's fixing to go dealing with you. You say, did that preacher just say bet? Listen to me. Betting ain't a sin if you know you're not going to lose. You hear what I'm telling you? And I know Holy Spirit. And if you're here and you've never been baptized, you're going to sense Holy Spirit begin to talk to you tonight. I don't care if you got dry clothes or not. If you're in this place, don't you dare leave if you have not followed through in water baptism. You say, why? Because the Word says this. I'm a Word guy, alright? I know why I'm fat. I like McDonald's and they're cheap. And I eat it at midnight. Do you understand? I don't need anybody telling me. That's why I'm fat. Me like it too much, alright? Double cheeseburger, some fries, give me some salt, and a whole bunch of ketchup. Come on. You go to hell for not putting ketchup in a McDonald's bag. Amen? But the Word says this. The Word says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Now what does that have to do with baptism? It's very simple. The very first thing that God asks of us as His sons and daughters, and that's what we are once we receive His Son into our life, is an act of obedience. Will you be water baptized? Now, the best way I ever had it put, he said, Ray, the blood of Jesus is what saves you and sets you free. Baptism ain't what saves you and sets you free. But he said, I've never seen someone live an overcoming, victorious Christian life without being obedient in baptism. So I encourage you, if you're in this place tonight and you have never been baptized, don't leave here. Go with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. Me and Pastor Dennis were talking. The Lord's given me a word out of Joshua chapter 1. I'm not going to lie to you. I've ministered on it quite a bit here lately. It's not because I have nothing else to say. It's just where God has me right now. And I believe it's a message for our time. Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to pray over it while you're turning. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. It is very important, Father, that they only hear you. My opinion has no weight. It can't change a thing. But a noun or a verb or an adjective from you, it can change everything forever in their life. So let them hear you tonight. Speak clearly to us. Move me completely out of the way. Hide me, but let them hear you. Let them see you. Let them experience you. Father, I pray that their soul and their spirit would jump on the inside of them knowing that there is something life-giving in this place. Father, don't let them run back to death, but tonight, God, let them run to life. And Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen with me. Joshua chapter 1 reads this way. It says, after the, verse 1, I apologize. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Now, did y'all notice that little simple phrase there? Now then. See, a lot of times in our life, many of us skip the now then. Are you hearing me in this place today? Many of us experience something that takes us out of our comfort zone and we want to live there forever. 
And you go, what does that have to do with Joshua and Moses? I'm so glad that they ask and that you ask in this place because I'm about to tell you. Because Joshua, all he had ever known was Moses. Moses was the one that when everyone was acting like an idiot, it didn't come back on Joshua. Joshua was able to walk up to Moses and go, Moses, what is God saying? What are we supposed to do? Moses was his comfort blanket. Moses was his normal. Moses was his comfort zone and all of the sudden the Lord comes to him and then don't you find it interesting the way God put it how many of y'all just love blunt people raise your hand if you love blunt people if you're in this place and you like two-faced people you ain't gonna like me very much I like blunt people I hate when people you ever had somebody trying to tell you something and they're beating around the bush you ever had like uh, uh and you go spit it out junior just tell me. I don't care. I can deal with anything. But you being dumb is killing me. So go ahead and spit it out. What's up? I love the fact that God absolutely is blunt. And God looked at Joshua and he said, Joshua, Moses is dead. You savvy? He no breathing no more. He have a no pulse. He's asystole. He's going to bloat in a little bit. If you don't get that sucker in the ground, I know you love him, but you better bury that dude quickly or he's going to stink us. <laughs> oh, I know. I see some of y'all's faces. You're like, oh my goodness, because he's just, he should never describe death in that manner I promise you I have a purpose for describing death in that manner tonight and when I leave this place tonight you will understand why and I hope you grab a hold of it because Moses was the only thing that he had known and the Lord said to Joshua are you catching me? He said get up and get these people ready and I want you to cross over that river into the land that I promised them. Listen to what the word said afterwards and he said Joshua I will give you every place that you set your foot. Now those of you that have been going to church, you've heard that message preached a thousand times. We're not going to preach that message tonight. We're going to preach a different one. But that's what he told him. He said, just walk and I give it to you. Can you imagine if Joshua thought, man, I can't leave here. I mean, what kind of friend Skeeter would I be if I left Moses here? I mean, after all, he put up with these idiots and their golden calves and they complained because they had too much manna, not enough manna. They were just complaining, complaining. He had to travel with a bunch of team ropers his entire life. But I can't leave Moses because you don't understand. Moses was the one that taught me about ministry. Moses was my partner. Moses, Moses was like my daddy. I mean, Moses was closer to me than my daddy. And there's no way that I can leave him. Now, follow me on this and I want you to catch me. And I'm going to get a little graphic. And those of you who don't like it, suck it up, buttercup. Because I want you to understand. And when I get through, you fix it and understand that it relates to our lives. Can you imagine if Joshua had said, no way I leave Moses here. They didn't have any embalming fluid them days. Are y'all catching me? That's why they stuck them in a tomb and wrapped them up and put something over it because they began to stink. Have any of you guys ever run on to an old dead bloated cow right in the middle of July down in this part of the world? If you've ever run on to that raise your hand. Raise it up. Now the rest of you that haven't I wish you would one time 
And then I want you to do me a favor. Listen to me. If you're a city-fied person, I'm not going to try to get you in anybody, but just do me a favor. Walk over there to one of them that's bloated and really ripe, about 103 degrees, and take your finger and just poke him like that. Just poke him and tell me if it stinks when you pop him. Oh my goodness, Pastor Dennis, we're never coming back to church again. That's the grossest thing I ever heard in my life. He's talking about bloated cows. Doesn't he know that that bloated cow has disease in him? Hello? Follow me. Some of y'all catching and smelling what I'm stepping in at the moment. Could you imagine? Follow me. I got a purpose. I never went to preaching school, but I do understand a purpose. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Could you see him with Moses on his shoulder? Because that's what you do, right? I mean, when something's been in your life forever, when it's been a part of you forever, you don't let it go when God said it's dead. I mean, what kind of friend would you be? You put it over your shoulder and you walk in every day. He just gets more bloated and he begins to smell. And guess what? I worked in the medical field before I went into ministry. Do you know what happens with rotting and decaying corpses? They bring about all kinds of diseases and if you're not careful it'll spread and kill everybody. But oh my goodness that's my friend and I'm going to carry him because I'm going to suffer for Jesus and I just can't. I would be a horrible person if I let that thing be dead even though God said he was dead and I know what you do with dead things. You're supposed to bury them but I can't. Catch me. There's a promise. You follow me. Those of you that are offended, come back. I'm through offending. There's a promise. And if you ain't careful, and you carry something that God said is dead with you into your promise, you run the risk of contaminating the promise that God has called you into by taking something that was meant to be buried a long time ago. Oh, Brother Ray, of what could you be speaking? Maybe what your daddy did to you when you were 11 years old and you've carried it with you and God's been wanting to take you to a promise forever and God said it was dead what happened to you. Let it go that He set you free. But you said you don't understand. That's defined me since I was 11 years old. I can't let it go. I got to take it with me. Oh, but you don't understand, Brother Ray. I was born into a house of alcoholics and addicts. And that bottle has defined me. It's who I am. I don't know what to do without it. So you drag your addiction with you. And you know God's called you to a promise. And you can't figure out why everybody else just keeps walking. And their steps are bigger. And the promise that they have is bigger. And their life is going on. And God's blessing them. And you can't figure out why you're where you're at. It's because you ain't buried what God called to be dead. Until we're willing to bury the things that God said died. Even though we love them. Even though they have defined us. We will never see the promise that has been given unto us. You may get a little bit of it. Help me for a moment. Would you agree with me that you could walk further if you weren't carrying a dead corpse on your shoulder? Or the rest of you in here just think you're superhuman and that you can make it. And you can do the same. You can't do it. It's an impossibility to do it. You've got to drop the dead stuff off and put it in a hole. Now listen to me. It ain't good enough. 
to leave the dead stuff laying. Follow me. Because when it's above ground, you can always look at it and you can still smell it. Follow me? Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. See, it's still a part of you. Spiritually, God wants us to get out some shovels. And now sometimes the ground, Dennis Aaron, that you're going to have to bury that thing in is tough and you've got to pull out a pickaxe. But if God told you something's dead, He means bury it right there. It don't matter what you've got to walk through. It don't matter what you've got to let go in your life. Dig a hole and put it in the hole. And don't carry it with you no more. And find freedom when you put the dirt over it. And don't you ever go back and be a grave robber. Don't you ever try to pull something back out of a grave that God has said was to be dead. You have to be willing to cover it up and put a tombstone on it and say that used to be a part of my life but it's dead and gone and God has called me to a new season, a new place and a new time. Could you imagine? Now hear me. Before I went into ministry, I told you I worked in the medical field. My first job, I worked in the open heart room. I was a scrub tech before I went into doing ultrasound. If you've ever worked in surgery, you set up a sterile field so that no one gets contaminated and you bring a bug that a wound would get infected, right? So we spend great time scrubbing our hands. There's even a correct way to scrub your hands. And then when you walk in, you don, you put your uh, gown on and your gloves on in a correct way where nothing that was you, the old you, is seen. And there's a barrier. And you build this table and it's sterile and you put all your stuff. And, and I'll never forget, we had this nurse. Y'all ever known anybody that's just airheaded? Have you? Raise your hand. Am I the only, we only got them in Texas. Right now, these boys right here, they're airheaded. Do you understand? Your saints never should have beat them. I've been trying to bury that game for a month, but it stayed with me. And now I've got to bury the Packers game. Dear God, let them win soon. I'm tired of digging. <laughs> so anyway... I get your table ready and it takes forever. Do you know how many instruments you need to perform open heart surgery on a human being? And you got to have them all in case something goes wrong. And so you set it up and you spend all this time. And in walks this airheaded nurse. I'll never forget her. She never shut up. She was always wanting to talk. And I'm like, woman, I don't care. Shut up. I don't want to visit right now. We're fixing to cut into somebody's chest. And she's standing there and she's talking. And then, Ray, you know what we did. And next thing I know, my table's right here. She's not scrubbed in. She's just standing there. She just goes, oh, Ray, what in the world? And she touched that. And I said, have you lost your mind now follow me she is touched right there just where her fingers went you know what I had to do every, catch me spiritual truth coming everything must be considered contaminated because one area God wants that stuff to be buried. And when we hold on even to just a little bit, 
the promise is contaminated. You will never see what God really has for you as long as you're holding on even to just a little bit of it. I don't care how small it is. You've got to let go because God wants you to answer to who He is and what He has called you and what He knows that you are going to. And God will never, ever, ever want you to have another name that you're called by something that was dead a long time ago. Bow your head, close your eyes, I'm done. Nathaniel, will you come? If you're born again in this place, I want you praying. Hear me. Please pray. If your head's bowed right now and you're thinking to yourself, why do I need to pray? Let me help you why you need to pray because there's no accident that I'm here in this place tonight. I didn't just come and bring you this message by accident. I'm telling you in this house right now, I don't know your story. Your story's none of my business. My, my story keeps me busy enough with my business. But I will tell you in this place tonight, there are some of you sitting here and you know, you never thought about it before, but you know you're carrying dead stuff around. Some of you in this place, it breaks my heart to say you're carrying stuff around from when you were just a little kid and it has stayed with you forever. Some, it could have been a marriage that went bad. Some, it could be a financial deal that went bad. Some, it could have been another church and a preacher that let you down. Some, it could have been a son or a daughter that broke your heart. And God sent me here because we're going to dig some graves in this place. We're going to bury some stuff. And we're going to go get our promise. So if you're in this place tonight and you say, Ray, I know. Dude, I know. I know that I've been toting some dead stuff around. And Ray, I don't want to no more. It's real simple, Ray. I don't want to, but man, I, I don't know what to do. Tonight, I'll tell you, I know what to do. We're going to dig some graves. So if that's you, here's what I want you to do in this place. When I count to three tonight, if you know you got some stuff and you know you've been carrying it with you and you know it don't belong, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hands up high in there. And I don't want you to raise your hand high in there just because I want you to raise your hand high in there. And when your hand goes up, what you're telling me is, Ray, I'm willing to begin digging. And I'm willing to bury the one thing that has kept me from the promise. So if that's you, mm, when I count to three, you get your hand high in the air. All across this building. From There's people in the balcony. There's people on the floor. I want to see your hands when I get to three. One, two, three. Raise them up. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Put your hands down. Now the next thing is this. If you're here tonight and you say, Ray, I hear you talk about a promise, but Ray, I've never, listen carefully to me, 
I've never truly accepted Jesus. I know that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you. If you're in this place tonight and you go, Ray, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if He lives or I don't know if I'm forgiven. But Ray, I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to know He lives on the inside of me. I'm tired of feeling empty. If that's you, when I count to three, I want your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Raise it up. Yes, 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 yes. Anywhere else, anywhere else, all across this place, put your hands down. Cat, I'm going to need you. Pastor Dennis, I know you're busy, but I need you. Can you come? Will you come? Listen to me. Just stand right here. We're going to be expeditious. we got to get these baptisms done. But God wants to do something in this house tonight. If you raised your hand for any reason at all, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up out of your seat, and I want you to come right here, because I'm going to speak to you in this. There's one. There's more. Come on, all across this place over there. Why would you stay? Just come. It's time to leave dead stuff where it belongs. There's more of you. Come on. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Who cares what anybody else thinks? Keep coming. Keep coming. If you raise your hand for any reason, come. Why would you not come? You care what someone else thinks? Come. There's more. Yes, baby girl, come on. There's more. There's more in the floor. There's more in the balcony. Just come. You say, oh, Ray, that's not me. Oh, what ain't you is carrying dead stuff with you. What ain't you is not knowing that Jesus lives on the inside of you. Sometimes to get where you're going, you've got to leave where you're at. Anyone else, and I'm going to pray. I want to speak for a moment. Anyone else? I don't want to. When I'm driving back home tonight, I want to know I gave my life. Is there anybody else? If you know God's dealing with you, last chance. Last chance. Now look at me for a second. We're going to pray, but I asked Pastor Dennis and Kat to be here. They're going to pray with you, but I want you to look at me. I understand carrying dead things. I spent my entire life believing that I had buried stuff. And all along, the thing that kept me where I was at was the one thing that I would not let go of because it was the one thing where I defined myself. And when I finally grabbed a hold of a shovel and figured out that I was worth more than carrying dead stuff, that God had called me to be in the burying business. And when you get in the burying business, you begin to be in the living business. You hear me? Tonight I'm going to pray with you and I want you to bury it. Let it go. The Word says today I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said choose life. Choose to pick up the shovel and dig a grave and bury it. And then put one foot in front of the other and go claim the promise that God has for you. Listen to me. I don't know who this is for. One of you down here. What One of the things that you struggle with is your temper. And the reason your temper is there is because you're carrying dead stuff with you and you're tired, your temper. Now, mm, 
Listen to me. That's Holy Spirit. It's your temper and your mouth. And you say very hurtful things you don't mean to. And you hurt the people who are closest to you. And you love them dearly. But anger just rolls out of you. And it's all because of something that you carry with you. Let it go and begin to let joy be what comes out of your mouth. pray with you and then I'm going to pray for those of you in this place that might need to receive Jesus. Let me pray with you. Father, in Jesus name no longer no longer no longer no longer will we ever, ever let something you've called to be dead ruin what you've called us to live in. Tonight, Father, I stand in agreement with my brothers and my sisters that, Father, we will bury the dead stuff and we will go get the promise. We will not let it ruin the relationship that you have given us. We will not let it ruin the promises that you have given us. We will not let it ruin the life that you have given us. Father, it'll be dead. So today we give it right now, right now. In Jesus' name, it ends today. It ends today. It ends today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now all across this place, if you raised your hand and you said, Ray, I don't know if I've been saved. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all of you. I don't care if you've been saved a hundred years or not. I don't care if you're a founding member of the church you go to. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. And the word says this. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. It didn't say if you're good enough. Ain't none of us good enough. If you're not going to make a mistake, honey, I got news for you. You're going to make a mistake. The woman here, Miss Cat, whom I respect more than any, she is awesome. I guarantee you she makes mistakes. So if you raised your hand, you want to receive salvation, you pray this prayer. Mean it in your heart. If you didn't raise your hand, you pray this prayer, letting them know you stand with them. Say it with your outside voice. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. And I ask you, Lord, to please wash me and cleanse me with your blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary. Today, Lord, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Now put your hands together. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices. Glory! Now, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Dennis, but listen carefully to me because I need to share one last thing, two last things with you. First thing is, if you prayed that prayer tonight to receive Jesus... What better night to be baptized than tonight? We got the tub ready. We're waiting on you. When we get, all you got to do is come get in line. The second thing, to that person whom I was speaking to for a moment ago about anger. Listen to me. I don't ever do anything just because it's a feeling. I only say something when Holy Spirit speaks specifically to me. I encourage you, the one whom you have hurt, with your words and your anger. I encourage you to find them. Look them in the eye and tell them that you are sorry and ask them to walk through the journey of burying that dead stuff. And you watch what happens. Amen. So we love y'all. Y'all go ahead and find your way back. See if you want to be baptized. Come get in line. Pastor Dennis. All right. Well, 
sharing with Robert this morning at the hotel swimming pool. You know, so many people have this picture in their mind that it's got to be, you've got to be baptized in a baptistry in a church, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus was baptized in a river, and Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch in what was basically a mud puddle. And here at Open Range, as you can see, we don't have the big baptistry. We've got a water trough. And, uh, but it'll do. And what a privilege for me to have part tonight in something that's so meaningful in the lives of these people. Michael, you come be first. Come on and step over in here. I remember when the water was so cold, people would sit in this tub and shiver. And, uh, but it's nice and warm now. Tell everybody your name. Micah Adams. Micah, is it your testimony that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Before I dunk you, I want to address the people. 